0: Did you ever question why you lie about money in your relationships? Hi, this is Matthias from the FI Europe podcast and today we talk about a method that will help you to remove money as a source of stress from your relationships with friends, coworkers, families, and your spouse. Now it's time to clean up open business with your peers. We all lie several times each day to avoid conflicts in order not to hurt somebody, avoid shame, judgment and try to manage other people's feelings without even being asked. And I think it's time for a different approach to simplify your lives and just get a little bit happier. That's why I talk with Tulia today. She's from Finland and has lived in Germany, the Netherlands, New Zealand, and Canada. For two decades, she held leadership positions at international non profit organizations. Since 2012, she's one of the first certified radical honesty coaches and is leading workshops across Europe with her partner Pete from Amsterdam. Do you want to stay true and honest when talking about money and relationships to take them to a far deeper level? Then keep listening and learn about radical honesty by the examples Tulia will mention in this episode. If you're than to book one of her workshops, use the discount code FI Europe and get 40 euro off. By the way, I don't get any commission saying this. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast,
1: where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Erminta and Matthias.
0: So welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. Today, I have a guest with me that I already know. It's Tulia from Finland. Say hello. Hi. Are you actually right now in Finland or somewhere else in in Europe?
1: Yes. Yes. I'm at the moment in Finland. It's quite autumn-y. I can see yellow trees outside and it's a bit grim morning.
0: That sounds nice. I'm just
1: back from Mallorca for three weeks where it was very sunny. So it's wow. quite okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting just in a, in a room without windows. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Um, I w- just want to start with the first question, Tulia. And we talk about uh, radical honesty and money today. So um, just want to ask you how much money you have on your bank <laughs> accounts. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. I didn't check for some days. So I'm estimating in my personal account, I would say about 8000 euros and in my finished business account, it's about 5000 euros. And then I have some investments that I also can access through my bank account.
0: So how, how do you do that, that you can talk in public about um, your money and um, yeah, how much it is and so on?
1: Hmm. Yeah, why not? Well, as I'm, I'm into regular honesty and teaching regular honesty, I, I do think that why do you have taboos around any topic? And money sometimes is something that uh, we tend to be shy talking about, but why not? It's just one thing like anything else in life. So I think it's good to talk about money and kind of have less taboos in life altogether.
0: And um, I've, I've been in one of your workshops uh, you do across Europe in January in Amsterdam. So when we had we had a circle and we just talked about everybody had to talk about uh, sex and money. Yeah, people were very open in, in this round. And um, yeah, first of all, I think we need to introduce the concept of radical honesty uh, to our audience. Um, what it is good for, where does it come from? And um, then we can also dig deeper in how to apply that concept uh, To the world of money or money in relationships.
1: Yeah, radical honesty is basically about talking about anything that is alive in you. So in the way that there doesn't need to be any secrets, it's about whatever is arising in the moment. If I feel happy or sad or angry, it's also about talking about secrets, about past hurts and anger. And going and having honest conversations, what we call the completion talks with people that are close to us, whether there's something troubling from the past or something incomplete or maybe secrets. And that could be anything around talking with parents about some things that happened uh, as a child or youth. That could be uh, talking with ex-partners, ex-girlfriends, boyfriends, ex-bosses, friends, either current or childhood friends. So that... Um, not carrying in me or in us issues that are troubling from the past, anger that is not resolved, sadness or secrets, so that we can we can have more space to live in the here and now. And how this relates to money is that if there's any issue around money or secrets or non transparency, I think it it is very freeing that I allow myself to talk about money or anything else and. I have the experience in my my family that there's been a lot of actually breakups because of money. People have not been transparent about what they want and don't want, and then somebody dies and there's inheritance, and people start fighting, and then they talk about the the facts and figures rather than, hey, I feel hurt, I feel worried that you try to take more money than me and, and stuff like that, or some hurts between siblings from the childhood. So first, clear those things, and then talk about the actual topic. So first, get the emotions out openly and honestly.
0: So you said, um, if if I have some feelings in, in, uh, that arise in myself, I just I can choose if I want to talk about it, if I'm sad, if I'm um, happy or whatever, I can just tell people about it and um, being open with it. And what's the benefit that I don't carry this with me or or that I can have an open talk about my feelings and what's the benefit of of just, yeah being open with your feelings.
1: Yeah, I I think benefits are many. The main thing is really happiness. So when we spend a lot of time like regretting the past or pondering on the past hurts and upsets and things that people said or didn't say or what they did in a way we didn't like. So we are spending a lot of our time and energy not in the here and now, in this moment to create the life we want and enjoy the most. We are rather than using a lot of time in the past. And when we have honest conversations about what we worry, what we are angry about, what we're sad about, there's a lot of space and freedom energy in us that things get more complete and they are not so much troubling us. And also then in the more and more in the here and now, like if I get upset with my husband or with my son or with my friends And stuff like that immediately express it in the moment so it doesn't stay between me and the other person that there's no kind of a sin list collected by me but rather just things are handled as they arise even it might be tricky or challenging or embarrassing or shameful
0: so it's it's about putting it out of yourself putting it on the table talk about it and by that you maybe also deepen the relationship with the other person and you, don't, you don't, don't carry it with you um, all of the time. And um, yeah, it's, it's then between you and, and the other person.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think by being honest and transparent and vulnerable, there is an opportunity for a very different kind of connection. And it's a connection where I can say that, hey, actually, I don't have a good day today. I feel shitty. I feel down. I hate the weather. Um, mm-hmm. I'm worried about this, that and the other. And it's an invitation for the other person as well to not only share about I'm doing well and always all groovy, but rather like, hey, I have also tough moments and kind of share from, from the place of being real, what is really real for me right now. And it can be like amazing and joyful, or it can be also uh, a downer. It can be about sadness or anger or struggles. So that kind of connection where I can be exactly who I am with the so-called good and the bad. And you can be exactly who you are. And then we can connect from that place in a very different way than just kind of small talk and, and bullshit that all is great every moment.
0: <laughs> Doesn't sound like Instagram because yeah, everything is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, what, are, what is the concept? You mentioned the completion talks. I think that's a very important concept also in mm-hmm. radical honesty. Can you explain a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so completion talks are basically conversations that um, you can have with people in your life. It can be about something that has not been dealt with fully or something that is still troubling you, something that you're angry about, you're sad about, and maybe uh, family secrets. That often happens, that there is some family secrets, whatever it might be, um, alcoholism, violence, mental illnesses some taboos that kids have been told not to talk about. And then we carry them into our youth and adulthood, like having all these rules, what should and shouldn't be talked about. And and for example, for me, it was my granddad's alcoholism. I was told by my parents that this is not something we should talk about. And it became like bigger and more kind of shameful thing. And as as an adult, I decided I don't want to carry this secret around. And I started to talk about it, and uh, first, it it felt good to me, it freed me up. Also, that allowed for my son to see that it's okay to talk about difficult things and and so-called family secrets. And also, in my surroundings, people shared about similar things, alcoholism or other kinds of addictions or dependencies, and it created a great opening.
0: That's, um, yeah. That sounds uh, very good and um, something we should um, apply into our lives. And now I would like to to move into um, to move to the money topic. What what would you say are the typical problems? What you have observed um, that people have in their relationships with friends, partners, or business um, with with money, or yeah, where they might be not open or where they handle it, uh, where they could handle the talk in a different way. But what are typical problems or typical situations
1: well i think it's kind of a way of being or pattern or something in our northern european or central european societies that money is not being talked about openly so how much we earn um how much we have inherited or are due to inherit uh that's something like oh you shouldn't even ask and and many people have no clue about the upcoming inheritance with, and they don't talk about with their parents about it. And then it's like all of a sudden somebody dies and then they're dealing with something they have no knowledge about. And maybe the, the parents have some ideas that could be very helpful. So nobody kind of dares to openly discuss the issue of inheritance and money with their parents. And then another thing is between friends, like we're worried that if somebody earns less than me, then we cannot talk about money. Whereas it's just, yeah, people earn different amounts and we make a meaning to it a number is just a number and nothing else and if we make a meaning to it why can't we talk about it oh i i feel um less smart or lower or jealous or embarrassed because i'm hearing that you earn more than me or i imagine i'm earning more than you and I, i i worry that you will uh feel angry about that or sad or you make it mean something about our friendship and then even in relationships some couples don't talk about money so they don't even know what their spouse is earning and i don't think this kind of secrecy is really helping anybody rather than talking about it facing all the feelings around it that could be difficult feelings like anger jealousy envy sadness and there could be also other feelings like hey i'm so happy you're earning that money good for you
0: so you also mentioned that, that people before they talk, they have assumptions about what the person will think if you if you just talk about that, that you for example earn more or that you have a increase in your salary or that you yet that you will um, in, get money inherit and they have some assumption that, that the people will judge them um, in, a, in, a, in a way. Is that, is that true? Is that often the case that, that you have some assumptions and they might not be true?
1: Yes, totally. I, I think we operate a lot out of fear in our lives, and, and it goes to kind of having any so-called difficult or challenging conversation. So rather than being willing to say, hey, I worry this will be a difficult conversation, I worry about your reaction, I worry you will like me less after we have a talk, we actually don't even take the risk of, of talking and then having the great possibility to actually feel more connected have more real understanding of the other person and their feelings and sharing more in a real way about us. So, yeah, we are driven a lot by fear or worry. And I would propose as the first step just to say, hey, I'm worried about talking with you about some topics and I want to talk anyway. Are you willing to hear me? Are you willing to listen? Are you willing to share what's arising in you? And kind of give the other person option. To actually choose for themselves we tend to often decide for the other person oh this is too much they cannot hear this right now they're they're having a tough time why do you open old topics and stuff like that rather than asking them hey are you willing to talk and many times people are far more willing and far more able to hear and listen and share than we we think they are so we are basically managing their feelings without asking their permission to do that we are treating people around us as kids sometimes.
0: You you kind of talk. For example, you have a different uh, difficult situation. For example, maybe your um, girlfriend uh, makes more money than than you, which is yeah <laughs> can happen. And um, then you would first of all ask her um, if you if you as a man want to talk to her. You would just ask. Um, I, I'm having some thoughts about um, this money um, situation. And um, are willing to to talk with me about our salaries or and so on, and then express your feeling that you are worried that you will judge me in this and that way. Is, yes. that, is it Okay. Yeah. So that's exactly. that, that's a trick. That's the trick to 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 be open with your feelings and with your your you, that you're worried about uh, talking about it, um, being judged or or whatever, and then. Then the person can can make the decision to talk with you about it, or to choose now not now it's not the right time, or maybe they yeah they're they're not ready to to talk about it, and then you can maybe pick uh, talk about it uh, in, at a later stage. I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and one uh, very recent real life example was that um, we we had a couple coming to our workshops who got together. A bit later in life so so they both had like life and earning and stuff and they had never talked about like they the actual earning or what they actually have in the bank and one partner was worried that saying that he has um was it a million or two million and then then the the other party having maybe a lot less that that would like impact very negatively a relationship and he would feel more obliged to pay for more or take care or or something like that. And out of that worry he stayed silent for several years about his money situation. And then he decided to raise it and it didn't go at all as he worried. But rather like the partner was like, I I assumed you would have quite a lot uh, as you have been having high earning jobs and I'm happy for you and and thanks for sharing. And it actually turned out a very different conversation that he had feared. And actually, they felt far more closer to each other after having this conversation about money.
0: Sounds healing. Sounds like a healing process. And uh, it's uh, really uh, impressive how long people postpone these these talks and carry. I mean, they, they carry these these issues or problems um, with them for for several years. And I think that that's kind of wasted time because you could just if you could just be open and, and yeah. Complete your open business, then yeah, there, there's much more space for 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 more for more nicer things in life or for for better things in life. I think the concept you can also apply in in relationships, but there's also um, you also could apply it in business. I have seen, for example, uh, many co founders Maybe they they start start a business or a project. And then there's a certain stage where they also have to maybe found a company or some, maybe some founder also spent more money on the project than the other one or the one founder um, spent more time on it and then they also postpone. So I've seen one or two startups where that happens, that they postpone this discussion to a very uh, late stage and just because they just want to keep the vibe and the uh, the happiness and, and yeah, don't want to put these difficult topics, uh, to the ta- on the table, but they, uh, would you also recommend that, um, uh, maybe co-founders, um, maybe talk right in the beginning about it or, or how could, how could that be applied in, if you, if you have a business with another person?
1: Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. Um, I think it goes to, The same rule goes to your business relationships and to any other relationship. If something is troubling, talk about it and talk about it rather earlier than later. When we don't raise the topics when they are really alive in us, uh, we often start to collect like a a sin list against the other person. And then when it's already really bad, when there's like 10 or seven things they have done wrong, then it can get into quite a explosion rather than in the moment like, hey, I I didn't like this. I didn't like you saying that. I, I'm having a feeling I do more work than you do. Can we have a conversation about this? And so on. And also one thing that people don't tend to do is, is do a reality check. Like, hey, do we have the same vision? Do we have the same expectation how much work each of us should put into this, this um, business we are having? Do we have same expectation of the quality of the work that should be done? So just having more and more ongoing, open conversations. of what's going on. And that could be even done like uh, every two week uh, check-in like how we are doing and this is not about like facts and figures now but how we are doing together how is this working for you how is this working for me what could we improve what what are the things that are troubling for us and and i i do some coaching with companies and for example i worked with um with a company a media company who had a bit over 10 employees and the two owners One thing that we realized is that they didn't have time to just check in how they're doing together. Is there something that's troubling? So they had time to talk about the facts and plans, but not really like, hey, how could we improve things between us? How could we improve things in our company? And I think these conversations are crucial, not only because of the well-being of people, which I think is the first one, but also for the well-being and and sustainability for the company. So it also makes a lot of business sense.
0: That was also something I was thinking about in in summer that this radical honesty concept, um, I've seen as many people as a private person are going to these workshops but i also see in 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 the companies i'm i'm working with i see a lot of potential um to to introduce them to the concept of radical honesty there's a lot of fear obviously also when when they work with they have a lot of pressure um they they have fear about uh, people uh judging them because they have maybe less work or working less and so on. So I think that there's a huge uh, potential to improve improve the workplace and and also make making people more happier at the workplace if they just could um, yeah be more open in in the teams reflect more and better yeah and that's I think that's something we could um, every company uh, could could do.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think first is we spend a lot of our time per day per year. Per our life in a workplace, so why not to try to make it as as happy time as possible? And I, I personally believe in that happy workers, happy team members actually are contributing more, actually get better results. So it it makes sense in all fronts, and it's nicer for everybody to be in a happy happy team in a happy workplace rather than in the one where things are not discussed and emotions cannot be expressed. And and one thing that I find is really important is that when somebody's expressing some what we might consider difficult emotions, especially at work, that there is actually space for that, that people don't go immediately into problem-solving mode. Sometimes it's really about, I want to be heard. I have a stressful situation. I wasn't happy about something. Uh, I'm having a tough time. So also be very clear. Is this a moment when I want advice from other people or is this a moment when I just want to share and be heard and that's it? And, and when this, these two things get mixed up, that can create a lot of um, unnecessary kind of struggles and conflicts. So also people be very clear. What do I want when I open conversations at work, especially about difficult things?
0: yes i mean at work it's all about solving problems <laughs> and um it's re- really hard not to go into these uh problem solving mode um, because that's what you think you're paid for but in the in the end um right now i have the feeling that it's more um the workplaces are going more into this kind of consciousness thing or uh, just ex- taking the time to explore a problem or a certain field and also to reflect the the, the team relationships um, but what you say is, is really important that you um, that you yourself has to have to know what you want if you if you if you're talking about something if you just want to share it or if you want advice um, of other people and um, that you that you mention it also um, proactively when you talk about it yes
1: yes and, and of course the listener can also check in like hey I just want to know, do you want my advice and support in that way, problem solving? Or do you want me to be present for you and listen to you? Which one is working for you best? So both parties kind of take responsibility. What kind of conversations are needed in the moment? And of course, this goes the same way to private life. We tend to problem solve for our partners way too fast when actually the other one just wants to be heard and kind of ventilate whatever is going on with them. And I think it's good to be in a place where we can allow people around us to have whatever feeling they're having without us kind of making it about us. We can just witness and hear what's going on, either at work or at home.
0: Yes. So that's that's how it work, could work in the workplace, I would say. I think that's a, that's a beginning trend that, that this will be more in the workplace in the future because... Um, as we have also arti- artificial intelligence, we need to we need to learn more about ourselves, uh, how we work best, and what we need in the workplace. And I think we will in the next years we will learn a lot about ourselves as a human being because we have to know us and what we can contribute when we have also um, artificial intelligence that is taking over some of our tasks and so on. So we 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 will yeah see, know what we as a human, what makes us kind of unique for the next years. There's one topic I would like, I'm, I'm jumping a bit, but there's one group or two groups in the so- society that really don't like to talk about money. And that is rich people and, and poor people. I, sometimes you see on the internet that the poor people are, for example, they 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 trying to pretend that everything is fine and they do it by buying um buying stuff status symbols or or just new clothing or anything and they do it uh, and and they go into debt to finance that that life and then the the other group the rich people they for example if they have get get money inherited or they they have just more money, then they are not allowed to kind of talk about or they think they are not allowed to talk about it. um, For example, if if they try to talk about it, and then always people say, Oh, I would like to have that problem, I can give you my bank account, then you don't have to uh, deal with that problem anymore. And um, how would you as for example, as people earning not that much money that could also be a choice, but how would you behave? You maybe like uh, a normal worker, a blue-collar worker, um, who has not much money, and um, yeah, is, is buying a new TV or whatever. Would you advise them to be open about their money situation or not to pretend so much?
1: I do think it's good if people allow themselves to talk about money and everything else, and ultimately, it's of course, the decision of the individual and. What we can do, what I can do, is to talk about my money situation and kind of open it up in that way, and then the other person can choose whether they want to talk about it or not. What I I think is also interesting, if if people are really willing to engage the money conversation, it becomes very fast about something else than money. It becomes about um, the feelings and interpretations we make about money. Like some people make the money mean self-worth. Like if I earn more, then I'm smarter or somehow more popular. Or for some people, it's actually a proud thing. Like, hey, I'm investing to other things than work in my life. I don't need to earn much because I'm actually all about quality of life, less work hours, doing things that, that I really love. And then there is the other layer that is very interesting, which is what we were taught either directly or indirectly in our childhood homes about money. And for example, I I come from a middle class or upper middle class family, and my parents were always very tight with money. My dad comes from a poor background, and it was like always, uh, or most times, like saving on everything. We had old clothes and so on, even though my parents would have had the money to buy other things. And I learned this mindset of being really tight with money. It's a bad thing to spend too much on yourself. You should be always very careful, buy the cheapest and that kind of stuff. And it took me quite a while to realize that I inherited this mindset and believed in it. So also these kind of mindsets and beliefs around money, I, I think it's really actually exciting and interesting conversation to have. What do we ma- make money mean?
0: Yeah, so there, there, there's these, these money beliefs are kind of in- handed over um, through many, uh, many um, generations also. Maybe it started uh, after the, the war in Europe. Second World War, they, they haven't had much money and then they handed over these um, beliefs to, um, to the parents. And, and right now, I think people are kind of being more aware of, of what, they, what parents taught them about money and, and trying to make their own choices to deal in a different way with money. But maybe it's it's a good starting point to to question yourself. What what have my parents um, taught me about money? Uh, What do I believe? Why do I actually believe it? And is it also what I want to believe in in the future? Yeah. So that could be first step, I guess.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. And, And your example about somebody kind of always spending and kind of compensating what they might not have as a salary or in their bank account. I tend to take the approach that. It's not really my business what other people do with their money. And if it's kind of troubling me, then coming into that point of view, like, hey, I worry you're always spending. I worry now you are angry at me for talking about your business because it's really your choice and your business, and I still worry about you. So coming from that angle, rather than you shouldn't be doing that, because some people are not very open to hearing that kind of what what they should and shouldn't be doing, especially as it's their money, it's not mine. But if there's a genuine concern or worry or it's just anger, then kind of stand with what's going on with me. And in general, more staying with my language tends to be better for the connection and dialogue with other people rather than kind of. Telling them what is right and wrong and what is good and bad and what they should and shouldn't
0: be doing. Yeah, that's also good if you talk to children um, that you say, oh, look, I have that feeling and, and so on. And could you, so um, how is it, is it Rosenberg? Is it this Rosenberg co- communication concept that you first start with what is in, what's inside of you? And then um, you talk about the other person or and so on. Um, Masha Rosenberg, I think it's called, do you know them?
1: Yeah. Um not really. And <laughs> sounds like a good idea. What what I I tend to say that yeah, I prefer I language rather than you language. Because people don't like it when we are sort of yeah, getting into day business rather than staying with ourselves. Another thing that I, I do prefer is separating facts and interpretations and feelings. We tend to often model up things like, oh, you paid for the dinner, let's take a money example. So I imagine you think I don't have enough money to pay for myself or even invite you for the dinner. And then we imagine or start to believe quite fast like this is true rather than checking in. Hey, thanks for offering me the dinner and I want to check in. Do you think that I don't have enough money to pay for myself, for example? So really check in if our interpretations, if our imaginations are true or not. So facts, somebody offered to pay your dinner, fiction. I make it me that they think I don't have enough money or they should do that for me or
0: whatever. Uh, so you, you say you, you immediately say, um, what you, what you are thinking about the other person is thinking, and you're just being open that, uh, that you have enough money <laughs> to pay also for your own dinner, uh, just to, yeah, to express that worry. Somehow. Yes.
1: Or maybe I don't have much money and I say, Oh, I worry about us going to that fancy restaurant I'm untitled money. And just be open about that. And sometimes, of course, we don't have these worries and then that's fine. But if something is really alive in me, if something is really troubling or I noticed I'm making these big stories about the other person, it's very good to check in. And many times our stories don't actually match the reality. It might be that the other person said, hey, I just felt like paying the dinner. You are my good friend or you're my girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. And I just felt like doing that. And I didn't think anything about your income or whatever. Or, yeah, I earn more than you and I just felt very good about paying for the dinner. Is it okay that I do that? So there could be all kinds of thoughts that we are not aware or or just like non-thoughts. I just put my credit card there and that's it. I didn't think about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And would you say, um, so in the beginning, I had the feeling that people who are not really honest don't match with people who are normal, I would say. Um, But right now I have the feeling that that it could also kind of work with each other so that if you want to be honest, that you can just ask the person if it's okay and and then they they can choose. So would you say uh, radical honest people work together in a good way with people who are not um, so honest?
1: Yes, I, I think it doesn't require anybody to do workshops or anything else or read the radical honesty book. It's really about... I want to be living more honest and open life. And that's a choice I'm making for me. And then I invite you to share as much or as little as you want about yourself. I would want it that you're also openly sharing what's going on with you, with me. And you don't need to do that. It's up to you. You can be exactly as you are. So for me, one of the bigger realizations is, is that it's not my job to change you. It's... I'm, I'm far more happy I in the agenda that I'm more concentrating on me, what's going with me, how I feel, what's arising in me and sharing that rather than concentrating what's going on with you and how you should or shouldn't be. Um, and if I notice I have the agenda that I want you to be different, then openly talk about that. Hey, I would like you to manage your money better so that you actually have some savings at some point. And if you want to spend your money on travels ongoingly, that's really your choice and it's not my business. And I do worry about that anyway, and your choices are your choices. And yeah, kind of, yeah, I think mm. it's really important that the main motivation is to change the other person, but rather stay with myself. And if I have the motivation to try to change you, then own that.
0: Mm. I, I have two kids, a father of two kids, and they are very open. They're, they're really at least one, my son, who who can talk. <laughs> Um, they are very open about what they think, about what they want, and 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 so on. And where do they learn from not to not to say the the, the truth or what they really feel? Um, do they is it is it a learned a habit um, later on in 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 life, or maybe from from they get it from the parents, or uh, would would children if if they had honest parents would they just keep being honest, or how how is it working? I'm not an expert on that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I think if there is that kind of way of being in the childhood home that honesty and transparency is celebrated, then there's far more chance for the kids to grow up in a way that they feel less worried and less shame about sharing whatever there is. However, when we hit the, the teenage years, there is this big desire to be part of the group. So whatever happened at home, we might feel kind of, a shame or embarrassment with our group of friends, especially if people are telling like, "Oh, you shouldn't be talking about that kind of stuff," or "You're stupid for saying that." And and many adolescents tend to internalize that, and and it's kind of a tough job to be between twelve and seventeen and work that um, phase when most kids really want to fit in, and then there is the interest to opposite or the same sex, whatever is the orientation and then kind of trying to impress and be the, the cool and interesting person. So that, that phase anyway, needs <laughs> it's, it's a navigation, it's a challenge. And having a good kind of setup where honesty is more celebrated and shamed as a child, that, that really helps. And how there is those kind of safe places for kids and us adults like somebody who we feel safe with, and we can just share whatever is going on, even if it's shameful or embarrassing or difficult for us.
0: So there is an incentive in in the teenage years. There's an incentive to, yeah, not to be honest because they want to impress a girl or they want to belong to to a group of friends um, who might have different expectations or you have the assumption, uh, assumption that they have different expectations. but uh, on the other hand uh, you can also, for example uh, if you are if you are a family you can also um, offer that they can or yeah ask them to be open at, at home at least that they can be open with their feeling or what they um, what they um, experience today. And um, yeah, so you can cultivate, or you can have a, still have a culture of openness, um, also when they are children and have um, their strategies. Um, actually, I have um, my son. If if he wants to have some cake, he can also apply some tactics and strategies um, to just to get more uh, more more cake or <laughs> more cookies and so on. So he's uh, not not always open, not not in that field. I would say.
1: And part of that is really our survival mode, like um, the, <laughs> the, the, well, two survival modes. One is like the deep desire to belong to a group and thus maybe be less honest. And then the other thing is like me, me, me. First me, I need to take care of me and I can sometimes do it in a sneaky way. And what parents can do there is like to say, hey, I noticed you did so-and-so, whatever it is, like, uh, you were kill tripping that you got a smaller piece and the other sibling or you just went and got another piece and thought we didn't notice or what, what whatever happened there and say hey i noticed this and not in a kind of blamey kill trippy way but it's just like bringing awareness hey this what i noticed was going on and i would rather you just openly ask for it yeah and then another thing is that whatever we as parents say if we don't do it ourselves if we don't demonstrate the openness then really preaching about that doesn't do you any good. And and I think what is maybe the most important thing in my opinion as a parent is that we admit when we have done something stupid or wrong. So hey, sorry that I got so angry, I was actually hungry and I had a bad day. I sometimes I say that to my son. And it some, somehow feels a bit difficult to say it like, hey, I, I was wrong and and I'm sorry and it was more about me than about you. And it is so powerful to kind of just, or yeah, today I feel sad. I have a difficult moment and it's not your responsibility to worry about it as a kid. And I just want you to know, as I imagine, you're noticing something anyway. So kind of how we can demonstrate openness to the right level of the age, of course.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so just showcase with your own, uh, uh, just being, yeah, just, just being open yourself and not hiding stuff. Um, for example, I also like to have um, some cake and uh, apply different strategies to get it earlier. Um, but um, yeah, maybe not the best way to uh, um, to show that to my son. And so if he if he admit um, also that we do stupid things and then then we show them they can also be open um, with that and we, they don't have to copy our behavior because we tell them that's not the best behavior and then they don't have to copy that basically. Okay. So I, I quickly want to wrap it up and, um, I would like to ask you, what could people do if they want to apply more radical honesty in their life? What could be the next steps for them? If they're new to that concept, if they, what, what could they, what could they do to transition to a more honest life in their relationships? What practical yeah, advice could you give?
1: I think it's actually pretty simple. So just start to more openly talk about what's going on with you. What do you feel right now? How do you feel towards people around you? And both the negative feelings like anger and sadness and then the positive feelings like, hey, I'm so glad you're my partner. I'm so glad you are my friend. I appreciate you for the way you're listening to me or sharing or looking at me or the way you're eating with me or cooking with me, whatever it is. I appreciate you for the way you look. I appreciate you for your hair. So just openly sharing. And then, of course, if if one just wants to get more tips and kind of practice, then there's quite a lot of material online videos. There's the um, Radical Honesty book, practicing Radical Honesty, and then then workshops. So we offer uh, me and me and my husband we run workshops under the name Honesty Europe, and there's all kinds of offers from one evening to 8 day intensive and then weekend workshops. So if one wants to have a bit of a practice, then then that's also one opportunity around Europe.
0: Yeah, I, I personally can recommend also your, your workshops across Europe. Um, I really like them. And we also um, link your your website in the show notes if people would like to um, look into it. Is there another way where people can find you online?
1: Yeah, so honestyeurope.com. And then with Honesty Europe in Facebook. Then we have many Facebook groups. So one European-wide, which is called Honesty Europe. And then for different cities or countries, we have Facebook groups. And then we are also on Instagram. So basically all channels work.
0: Oh, that's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. And is, is there, is there one, maybe not so well-known resource, maybe a video, a podcast, um, yeah, a white paper that you could recommend to our audience if they want to be yeah, more open uh, with money in their relationships or anything that you could, um, suggest. Uh,
1: we don't have a podcast. And now as I'm talking with you, I sort of got a bit excited. Maybe this is something to do in the future. We have, um, a newsletter that can be subscribed to, and that's really uh, focused on kind of me, mainly me sharing about my daily life, both the struggles of being open and honest and then the successes and then some general tips how to go about it. So that would be one resource. Um, you can uh, subscribe it, to it via our website. And then there is in YouTube some videos that I consider pretty pretty interesting and useful, including some videos by Brad Lantern, the founder of Rag Honesty. He's done a TEDx uh, speech and a few other ones that I, I find both very entertaining. He's a very funny guy, but also very good in terms of content.
0: All right. And is there, is there one actionable tip that you could give maybe people in relationships to, yeah, to to improve their, to talk about money? Is there, is there anything you could do right now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what what I recommend to couples anyway is, having sharing moments and what i propose is that couples have five minutes each so one person shares five minutes the other one doesn't interrupt doesn't ask questions doesn't offer advice silent listening and then the other one shares five minutes and i propose to do this every day just to kind of have the space for talking and for some moments there could be the topic of money so sharing how i feel about money do i feel it's enough or not enough Uh, What are my worries or fears or happiness about my money situation? How I feel about my partner in relation to money. So, having that space just for sharing and the other one actively witnessing and listening, but not offering any opinion or advice at that point. And then later, when both have shared, say five minutes, then having a conversation. How did I feel about what you shared? Do I have some questions arising and having a kind of informed conversation? And I, I very much like. A kind of system where there's active listening and space for sharing a bit.
0: I also I also discussed that with my girlfriend, which I have to call wife now since <laughs> Yeah, <a week>.
1: conversations <laughs>
0: and uh, so we just started with three minutes because five minutes you know that's a long time Mm -hmm. Um, but we started with three minutes and it's really it's it's really impressive what what it does that you have just a space to talk for three minutes without anybody interrupting because normally we just have if you have a thought about it we normally interrupt a person and yeah just yeah just interrupt and um, the the whole flow of the other person is, is getting interrupted and that's why um that would, would be something you can yeah just try out right now or today and yeah so truly I, I want to um thank you very much that you have been here for the topic and yeah i uh, hope to see you soon and bye-bye
1: thank you so much thanks for having me bye-bye
0: hey matthias do you think they're on uh, financial independence facebook groups yet Yes, there's definitely a shortage in financial independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes, to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content.
1: Gotcha. And also, we've been talking with more of you guys at Meetups, on Reddit, in Facebook groups, The Fi Europe retreat, obviously we organized. And this is in the end May reason why we started the whole podcast project to talk to guys like you, I'll learn more from you, case studies, answer questions, and like, hopefully all grow and learn from that together opinions and become stronger, smarter, and hopefully also richer people. So, you know, Matthias, I'm interested in this. Where do I find this Facebook group?
0: Yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe Podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So, yeah, just type in FI Europe Podcast. See you in the group.
1: Thank you guys for listening to this episode.
0: We hope you learned something new and enjoyed
1: the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing through your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu Thank you for listening and see you next time.